onto the wheel, fasten your seatbelts, and step on the gas. WebmasterRadio.fm is going to take you on the ride of your life. You've just stepped off the curb into Rush Hour. Your Rush Hour hosts, Neil and Cameron, will take you on a fast-paced adventure through the high-tech metropolis known as social media, blogs, social networks, marketing, and more. Around every corner are the tools you'll need for marketing through the social web. Now, the light is green, but stay right where you are because you're in Rush Hour. Hey everybody, today is August 8th and you're listening to Rush Hour with Cameron Opius and Neil Patel. How are you, Cameron? Doing good, how are you doing this week, Neil? Doing good. Are you still in Montana? <laughs> yeah, I'm still up in Montana, kind of on a semi-vacation, I guess you could call it. Still doing some work, but not nearly as hard as it would be if I was back home in San Diego. So, nice. nice. It's been a nice, nice little break, it was much needed. <laughs> For sure. I can't believe you like Montana, though, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> no, it's it's nice. My parents have a place right on right on a lake, and the water's warm, and we just you know go wakeboarding all day, and I golf a lot and stuff. So, oh, nice There's There's golfing and everything here. down there. Yeah, tight. Really nice up here. So, I mean, the the towns and everything. I mean, it's all still kind of country and stuff, but still nice, nice place to come and get away. Um, yeah, for sure. It sounds tight. My only problem is, like, if you need to go to a grocery store, I don't like driving, like, I don't know if it's 20, 30 minutes or some far, I don't know, distance like that. Probably, like, 15 minutes to the closest one. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, no, so, uh, did you see a Mashable post on, like, a list of tons of social networking sites? There's yeah, like, I, was, uh, I, don't I know, was actually just 50, looking over that. That's, what has he got, like, 50-plus of them? How, I don't know how many are. He says 50-plus. Yeah, it's quite a bit. Um, we'll actually post the link into the chat room. Let's see. But yeah, it's over 50 plus social uh, bookmarking sites. The cool thing about them is is most people look at Delicious as a bookmarking site or Magnolia and stuff like that, but there are a ton more options out there. And I know that search marketers are leveraging them to increase their link pop and get more traffic, but it's like, why just leverage the major two? It's the same thing with search engines. Yeah, Google and... Yahoo and MSN probably didn't ask drive the majority of the traffic, but there are a ton of other sites out there that you can get good traffic for from good links and, more importantly, more leads and sales from. So, Oh, yeah, I agree totally. And, I mean, there's a lot of these that are more like niche-type social bookmarking sites, so they will, like, focus on one specific topic or one specific industry. And those are actually really good for driving targeted traffic if you have a site that fits in that industry. Like, I've used this. Uh, a bunch of these actually for different sites and things like that, and they don't drive the you know the mass amounts of traffic like a digger or delicious, but they drive much more targeted traffic, and you see a lot more page views, a lot more people stick around, will subscribe to the RSS or click through the ads or whatever it is. So you know where they may not drive the quantities of traffic and things like that, they're still very valuable you know bookmarking services to still be using. And, and probably the best part is, is if you're lazy, a lot of those sites have no follows, so. If you submit your site to it, you'll get paid rank and link juice and everything like that from it. So it's it's not bad. Totally. And the other thing I've actually noticed about these is these kind of sites are really easy to gain, too. <laughs> you don't have, like, the anti-spam technology that, like, a dig does either. So it's like you can IM all your friends and be like, hey, 
you know, bookmark this, and, you know, it's really easy to make them go popular that way. <laughs> For sure. But remember, we're not saying we game those sites. We're just pointing out that they're easy to game. So. <laughs> exactly. I'd never do that, but hey. <laughs> yeah, you never do that, but your daughter does it, right, off another computer or something like that that you control or something. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way, so it's cool. But uh, yeah, there was also uh, what else is new? You were pointing out someone got acquired or something like for thirty million or. Um, Caboodle, Caboodle is it's some. I've never actually used it, but it's some kind of a social shopping network, and they were they were acquired or the news that they were being acquired this morning from Hearst Media. And I think people are picking the range to be like forty or thirty to forty million dollars. Um, do you have any idea what that? that I don't like really a... know too much about, too much about it. I know that you know they launched it in two thousand five. They've got about two million unique visitors a month. That's really about all I, I know of them. I've never really actually used Caboodle. Got it. But yeah, it's, <laughs> the social networking scene I think is pretty hot, and it's. It's like what my blog blog did for blogs. It's how can people do that for every single website out there, you know, even potentially a blog. And I've been thinking about this a lot for the last week or two. It's like my blog blog is great because you can actually put a face to your readers. But when I was comparing social networks, like, you know how we work with, well, we work with uh, quite a few social networks like Dogster or whatever. And a lot of these social networks will get 14 pages per visitor or, you know, 20 pages, whatever the number is. But the problem with blogs are most of the blogs that we manage or control, blogs and even websites on average don't even get more than, you know, like two pages per visitor. So it's I've been really putting a lot of time and effort into thinking how can you actually take generic websites and blogs and turn them into social networks, make them more community-oriented and stuff like that. Because if you can increase the pages, in essence, you're increasing um, the CPM or, you know, the advertising dollar amount, so... Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of the interesting thing about this news like that you pointed out is that the company that acquired them doesn't really even have anything to do with shopping or retailing. They're more of like a traditional media company. I think they own like a couple of newspapers in San Francisco and things like that. So like you said, I mean, that's a great example of them kind of branching out but acquiring like a, a, social, a social site so they, you know, can build up their stickiness or their page views and things like that and just kind of branching out and I guess, you know, going into different areas of the Internet and things like that. Yeah, because I mean, if you can socialize... Point that you have. Go ahead. Yeah, because if you can socialize a news site, a shopping site, whatever, it may be, such as a newspaper, if it was, it's like, if, and as you know, I don't really read, but <laughs> let's say if it was the L.A. Times and you were on that site, it would be tight to be like, hey, Neil Cameron's reading this, this and this message or this and this story, check it out. I'll be more likely to read it because you're reading it. Or it's like if you liked it or something like that. Same with shopping, which is why I think this next is pretty hot. Because if you recommend something or something that some of my friends are doing, such as buying a certain product or something, I'd probably be more likely to buy it compared to, or visit it at least, compared to you know, not buying something from the site. Oh, yeah, I mean, totally I mean, we've seen a lot of studies lately that that you know that show proof of that you know like peer-to-peer recommendations or word of mouth are a huge are like a huge driving force in like retail sales and things like that. Like people rely on their peers to recommend them other products and stuff like that. So that's you know that's like perfect for like a social 
you know, shopping site. If I want to go on and buy a new TV and I have no idea what TVs are good or not, I can go and ask other people, you know, and I'll get all, all sorts of opinions and things like that, and then I can, you know, base it off people that I know and trust or, like, popular opinion and things like that and hopefully get the best product that way. So I think these kind of things are actually really hot, and I think they're really useful as well. Totally agree with you, and I like the social aspect because it's more so than just purchasing something like, yeah, sometimes with TVs, you bring up a good example where you may get 50 reviews. A lot of times people putting great reviews for, let's say, a $1,000 TV, right? But let's say if you have a bit more money and you have more of a budget, you don't care what type of reviews, let's say, someone who doesn't have much money is placing on reviews. You want to know someone within the same budget or someone who has the same lifestyle as you, what they're trying to buy and it's because that way you can actually find out, hey, is this TV good for the money I'm spending? I don't care if the TV's a 5 out of 5, even though it sucks, but people are rating it really good because it's a good bang for the buck, in essence. So. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's more, you know, more customizable to you. You know, if you have, like, a, a certain spending criteria or a certain, you know, product or specifics that you're looking for, you can, you know, tap into your social network and, you know, ask for your ask for opinions and things that way instead of just relying on, you know, like traditional product reviews or things like that. So I think it's, you know, I think it's great. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you also see that there was, uh, what was it? It was like clip marks or something that was potentially being acquired by Forbes? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that as well. So, so There wasn't too much news on that as I recall, was there? Uh, were not that I knew. It was more so like a potential acquisition. I believe the site is similar to like a delicious too, so it's probably classified as social bookmarking. It's uh-huh. and if they do buy it, I have never even heard about the site till like today, so <laughs> I'm guessing it's not gonna be worth much. Yeah, that's kinda what I thought too. Like I had never heard of it before and you know, a lot of people are saying that. You know, the terms of the deal weren't disclosed but a lot of people are putting it at a very you know, a very low you know, deal wasn't very wasn't worth very much and things like that. But it's still kind of interesting just to see a big media company like Forbes acquiring a social bookmarking service. And I'd love to see how they plan to integrate that in with their you know overall media company or just with the Forbes site itself. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is with a lot of these acquisitions, and even if you look at past ones like eBay, and I'm not a big eBay user, but it's people like them acquiring things like Skype or StumbleUpon. Yeah, we have these whole theories, and we've discussed in the past and what they can do with potential, like, stumble upon, but what are they really going to do and when? Because even with Skype, it's been a while since they bought them, and I personally haven't seen anything. You know, I could be wrong, and they could have done a lot of integration, but so far I haven't seen anything, so. Yeah, I haven't seen anything, too. I've heard that they're planning to do some kind of, you know, like, you can use Skype to communicate between, like, buyer and seller and things like that on eBay, but I haven't, I haven't seen anything yet, so it'll be interesting to, to see what they do with that, if anything. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of times these companies are just, you know, pursuing things for technology or whatever and not necessarily, you know, care about the user base or anything like that, and that's probably the case with what's happening with Marks and Forks. They probably just want the technology to, you know, integrate maybe right into the site or something like that. You know, because just because they don't have a large user base, it wouldn't be really worth anything that way. The only thing that's worth money is the technology. That's true, and those sites have so much traffic anyways, they can just leverage their user base and get their users to start bookmarking stuff, so. Oh, yeah, totally, absolutely. So, cool, this is a perfect time for a quick commercial break. We'll be back shortly. 
Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on. Choose the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com. Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's going to blow. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling on? Aye, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar Pages it is. Beam us aboard, Mr. Scott. For out-of-this-world web hosting, Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com and use coupon code LUNATICS to get $28 off. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted Fast Click, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BannersRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with Value Click Media. I've got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details, value click media. Welcome to the Daily Search Cast. Search is a land for me has been doing what I've always been doing, which is writing about search. Trying to get into this community site, bringing this new thing up and going. I'm hoping what it'll do especially is, you know, people get out, it's hard for new people to network. So this is a way for you to say, oh, I saw that you're going to go. Well, I'm going to go. Should we go together and be friends? It's like, no, dude, just because you said you were going to go, you're not going to go with me. People don't say that to me. They buy you drinks if they need to get something. The Daily Search Cast. Live broadcast Monday through Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. And on demand every day, only on webmasterradio.fm. Podcasting at the speed of sound. Webmasterradio.fm. The flamethrower. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Slam on your brakes. You just reached your final destination. Rush Hour. On webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to your Rush Hour host. Hey, everybody, we're back. One thing that we actually want to discuss that's been uh, on both of our minds lately is social media rings. So, uh, do you want to give a quick intro of what a social media ring is, Cam, for all those people who don't know what they are? Um, yeah, I assume when you say social media ring, you're talking about the groups that people will set up where they can dig each other's stories or bookmark each other's stories. Is that is that kind of what you're meaning? Pretty much. Okay, yeah. So what happens is people will set up, like, like groups, like find a big group of their friends or a group of people that are, you know, trying to gain the systems or promote content or whatever, and what happens is every time one of them will submit, like, a story to dig, they'll send it out to all their friends or I am all their friends and ask them to, to dig the stories as well or... You know, that can, that can work with, like, social bookmarking services like Delicious where they'll bookmark content as well or stumble upon where they'll all stumble a page or, 
for things like that. So that's kind of like in a nutshell what a social networking ring is. It's just a big group of people that, you know, kind of scratch each other's backs and dig each other's stories and things like that. When they're not really into the content or whatever, they're just into helping each other, you know, promote their promote their stuff to the home pages. Yeah, me personally, I don't, you know, we've always been the guys that are like, hey, with great content, you don't really have to leverage them. I personally don't have anything necessarily against these social rings, um, and I probably get invites to new social rings every week or every few days or whatnot. But what I really want to talk about is if you want to set up a social ring, do it right. Like, there's no point in wasting time if you guys are going to do it wrong. And I haven't seen anybody set up a successful one because there are no real rules or regulations in place. And the biggest problem that I see that ends up happening is if you have a group of 30 people, it seems too obvious when every single day they're all voting on the same stories together. So if, if it was me who started a social ring, what I would do is I would set in rules and precautions, such as you can only hit people up X amount of times, or everybody in the group has to, is required to you know, uh, randomly vote and submit stories every day that aren't part of the social ring. And the thing, my whole thing is it's like, Less than ten percent of your time. How can you use a social ring, or potentially even how can you only use it one percent of your time? So then that way, it looks really natural, and there's no patterns. Because the problem that ends up happening is, is if the same thirty people keep on voting on the same story each time, the votes aren't going to count sooner or later with the advanced social bookmarking or networking sites because they're going to be sophisticated. Right, and the other thing that I've that I noticed, like back when all the news and who I was going around how Dig was just automatically deleting stories. And I have nothing to, to back this theory. Like, I have no proof of anything. It's just kind of what I think I notice as trends and stuff. But I, I started noticing as the people that would submit stories, the ones that were out there asking, you know, some, hitting up all their friends to IM it or out, sending out big emails and things like that, those were the stories, the ones that were automatically being dropped from Dig without being buried or anything like that. So a lot of these more popular sites and more sophisticated the sites can actually have like anti-spam technology set up where they can detect that kind of stuff and automatically delete stories that are coming from rings of things. Yeah, and, and the problem that I noticed was I did a small test. I wasn't trying to manipulate or anything. I was just trying to figure out how DIG works. What I actually tried to do was, you know, ping tons of friends and try to get them to vote on stories. What I noticed was when I did it through AAM from a small site um, that never made the social web or whatnot, it was much more difficult for me and that site pretty much, and or that story ended up getting yanked when I didn't see any berries in the dig spy or whatnot. And this could have just been a fluke, you know, it's, I didn't do enough testing where I saw a pattern or anything like that. But then when I did it with, like, let's say a CNN.com or an authoritative source, what ended up happening was the story sticked and it still got votes and it still did well. My guess is because it's a CNN and it you know, has a lot of authority behind it on the social sites. But, like I said, there's no real proof that I have, and I need to do, you know, 10, 20, 30 times more testing before I can really come up with some sort of pattern, so. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that I could have some kind of flagging system where it then goes to, like, a manual review before they delete it. And if they see it from, like, a trusted news source like CNN or Wall Street Journal or something like that, they'll keep it. But if they see it as a site that's never been on there before, they may just, you know throw the baby out with the bathwater, whether that's good or not, you know? Yeah, and that's actually a smart way. It's not a bad way to do it at all. It's How can you end up just throwing it or doing it so it's manual so someone there is, you know, sitting there and 
clicking or determining. Problem is, is your faith of the story making the homepage then relies on, you know, one individual or a group of individuals. But it's highly possible because Dig themselves on Thanksgiving, I believe, Kevin Rose himself said like, yeah, there's moderators on Dig who are like actual users, and he pretty much was like, yeah, they you know roam around. If they don't like anything, they probably can yank it or whatnot. So. Oh yeah, totally. Another social site that's been out there that many people don't talk about is um, Splurl or whatever. It's like that blue site, those spammy site. I know someone talked about it on uh, Dig right now, I believe. Or is it Splurl? Uh, no, that's not it. A Splurl. There you go. That's what I was is it Splurl? Is one that's popular tells you actually how many uh, hits it even got to. They have and a story, somebody posted a story on Dig about it, how much traffic it sent and things? No, there's, so there's, it's a blue-looking social site, I don't know what it's called, um, and there's tons of pop-ups when you go there, which is why I don't use it. Is it furl.net? Uh, no, that's um, smart. It's, it's a different one. I don't know what the hell it's called, but it's really popular. Um, the problem with it is, is, it, uh, there's tons of pop-ups in spam, but if, if you don't care about that, you can end up getting tons of traffic. Drives tons of traffic, huh? Yeah, it's not plural either. There's so many damn sites, dude. There's like F U R L. There's F L U R L. Like these are all different sites. I don't know. People just need to start coming up with some damn unique names or some shit like that. But <laughs> too confusing. Keep track of. It. It's probably because well, stupid that we can a bit. Say and pronounce. You mean? Yeah, I can't even pronounce it too. It's probably because I'm Indian and I don't know how to pronounce shit, but that's a whole different story, so. I mean, so, I mean, there's a lot of crazy names coming out and stuff now, and it's like, I look at them and I'm like, how the, heck I, how the heck do I say that or pronounce that, you know? It's like, all the crazy spelling and things like that, it's kind of weird. It's like, when Danny Sullivan, when he launched Spin, like, I thought it was, like, Spin or something. Like, I had no idea, like, how to pronounce it until he actually came out and said to pronounce it Spin, you know? Yeah, for sure. The floral site that... Brent, I think, I don't know whoever posted it. That's actually a pretty good site. Just went to, like, there's top external stories at the top. Um, some of them are, you know, a bit biased. Two girls experimenting, hot Heidi Klum, recycling hose. <laughs> so it's, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's a porn site, but probably close enough, so. It's like, that's a great like way of making it popular. Smart, it says, look smart, Smart Floral, so it looks like they own that one. That's pretty interesting. No, I think you're on the wrong one. This is F L U R L. You're on F U R L dot com, isn't it? You're on .net. It's F L U R L dot com. There's like two of them, dude. I told you they all sound the damn same. They're releasing off the floral dot net, huh? Yeah. Check out floral f l u r l dot com. That one's tight because it has like Heidi Klum and shit at the top. So. Funny. The other thing that the other thing that we should note that drives a lot of traffic that I've actually just kind of you know I use a lot of it in the past, but I've just started to get back into it recently as I've been working with some sites and stuff that don't have like social news sites and things like in that industry. It's just like traditional forums, like popular forums. They can actually drive a ton of traffic if you, you know, if you can see the right link and get the a good conversation going around it, they can actually drive a lot of traffic. That's true. I, you're right. Most people ignore forums, but what I notice is if you get on Dig and there's a lot of conversation, many times you end up getting seen by, like, 
picked up by forms and stuff, and then those forms actually drive a few hundred visitors, and stuff, so it's not too bad. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple lately that are like closer to like a thousand, a thousand visitors just from you know posting one link and it had like a really started a really good conversation in the forum and things like that. So it was pretty cool to see that. Yeah, and the other thing, if you guys ever want to try to build up more traffic, a key to getting your blog popular is RSS readers. I know that sounds stupid, and there are other ways to get a blog popular, but if you have tons and tons of RSS readers, what ends up happening is anything you post, it goes out to more people instantaneously through RSS. Hopefully, you know, the chances are the more readers you have through RSS, the more people will link to you, right? And if you can get more people to link to it and vote on your stories for Dig and Delicious and all those types of sites, then it's the higher chance you are going to have of getting more traffic. So I'm a big RSS whore, as you know. Remember, I used to stay up till like 12.01 or 12.00 whatever until FeeBurner updated so I can see my numbers in advance, but those days are over. But, yeah, I was really addicted at one point. <laughs> if you see those, you'd go to bed. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, remember? <laughs> Were you there? I didn't used to work at like, Atheist when I, we did that shit, I, right? Or you, you were part you of Atheist. You're like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting and waiting for my paper and others. <laughs> yeah, dude, I had, like, no life. <laughs> but I still, like, every other day or every three days, I still look at Beaver to see if it goes up. Because my damn blog, it doesn't go above 2K, but it's stuck at, like, 1,800 was the max for Quick's route. Uh, I mean, RSS is great, too. I mean, the other thing about that is you tap into a lot of the linker audience, the people that are more likely to link to your posts and, like you mentioned, submit them and, you know, dig the stories and things like that just because they're more tech-savvy people. Chances are they're bloggers themselves or, you know, they use the social networks or the various sites and things like that. So I definitely agree with you that RSS is, you know, a huge part of having a popular blog. Agreed. It's, you know, RSS is hot, so it's whatever can be. Oh, I think I found that site. Maybe it is Sprawl. <laughs> I have no clue, dude. It's just all all these spammy sites. There's Sprawl, Floral, or Furl, Floral with L. I don't know, dude. There's too many .nets, .coms of the same damn variations. It's like, how do you know that's what's what? But this place, like, if you're ever a domain hunter, that'd be tight if there was like Furl.net and you just got .com. If it was a popular site, you know you're going to get tons of direct traffic. Yeah, totally. <laughs> a bit shady, but... I always refer back. back to Mashable's list of 50 uh, bookmarking sites, huh, too, so you don't get confused see which is which. That's true. I should actually go through those top 50, find out which domains are available, and get variations of it. Yeah, the, the best part about that is, you know if any of those are popular, you can end up going to those guys and be like, hey, I want $500. <laughs> I'll sell you this domain here. <laughs> <laughs> And someone will be stupid Realize enough to do it because I know someone sold this like crazyegg.org or some stupid shit for $1,000. And I'm like, you fucker, because the site already was popular at that point. And I had a chance to buy it. And he man was like, hey, do you want to buy .org? And I'm like, nah, screw it. That's a waste of money. And then I'm like, my dumbass bought it for $1,000 from someone. So. <laughs> it saved $990. Bucks. <laughs> yeah, I could, exactly. I could have saved $990. <laughs> That's a lot of domain names. <laughs> and every time that happens, you know someone tells me, like, I told you you should have bought it. So it's like, that's when I get bitched out. But it's like, what can you do? Told you so. <laughs> yeah. But no. So that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty much this uh, week's rush hour. Um, if you're going to take a good lesson from this week's show, 
If you're going to start a social networking site, don't start one up that has a name that sounds like others. <laughs> Come with a unique name. That's actually for anything, for any type of business. So, it's, Make sure you buy the .org too, right? <laughs> yeah, or else you're going to pay extra $1,000. <laughs> so, right. Cool, that's it. We'll catch you next week on Wednesday. So, Take care. Right. Later, everybody.